You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello. Thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 156. I want to thank Aeroflow for their support of this episode. Aeroflow is a company that helps you get a breast pump through your health insurance, meaning that it is covered at no cost to you. My first pregnancy, I had to get on the phone with my insurance company, and then I had to shop around with different medical supply companies, and it was a huge pain to get a pump covered by my insurance. The second time around, I knew about Aeroflow, and it was a night and day difference. All I did was take a minute or two to fill out a form, and Aeroflow worked with my health insurance, and then I just got to go online and pick out a breast pump that was shipped to my door. I was even able to order some additional supplies and parts at no cost after my baby was born. Regardless of what your plans are for breastfeeding, you definitely should get a breast pump. One, it's covered by your insurance, so it's going to be free. And two, it's awesome to have it if you need it. Obviously, if you're returning to work and you plan to pump, then you need to have one. But even if you plan on being home and nursing on demand, a pump is nice to have. This is something that you can do at any time during your pregnancy. So take care of this now and cross it off your list. To check out Aeroflow, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breast pump. I also want to thank Mommy Steps for their support. I've been using insoles for Mommy Steps for a couple years now, and I don't know how I went without them. I have an athletic pair that I keep in my running shoes. I also have some in a pair of black flats and a pair of my Toms. These are comfortable right out of the box, but you can even heat them in your oven and actually mold them to your feet, and that made a huge difference. And you can do this three times, so you can remold them to your feet and customize them for each trimester in your pregnancy. I started wearing these in my last pregnancy, and they helped me with some lower back pain I was having. But the biggest reason that I like these insoles when I was pregnant is that there are a ton of issues that can happen to your feet when you're expecting, like your arch collapsing, getting bunions, or even your feet permanently going up a shoe size. And wearing insoles is going to help prevent those issues from happening. So don't wait until you are having issues or experiencing pain. I really recommend these at the start of your pregnancy. And they're so comfortable that I still wear them now, even though I'm not pregnant. Mommy Steps is giving you 20% off when you go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash feet and use the promo code feet when you check out. And I want to thank Zoller, who makes my favorite prenatal vitamin. You know that if I am purchasing a product that I'm doing my research, and I have certainly done that on prenatal vitamins. I've spent dozens of hours looking at different ingredients that go into a vitamin. I've tried a lot of different vitamins and read tons of different labels. And this is by far my favorite. They use very high quality ingredients like the active form of folate, really bioavailable iron, plus it has omega-3s like DHA, which are important when you are pregnant for your growing baby, and so few prenatal vitamins include this. 
you can save 25% when you buy the vitamin on Amazon, which is also the cheapest place to buy it online. For all the details and the promo code, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. Last week, we talked about your baby's position in your belly, and we went through how to tell what position they're in and what that means for you and your baby in birth. If you tuned in last week, you know that your baby's position is a big deal. And so this week, we're continuing that topic and talking about whether there are things that you can do to influence your baby's position when you're pregnant. Some common terms that you may have heard about or looked into are optimal fetal positioning and spinning babies. And we're diving into whether these practices and ideas are evidence-based and what the risks and potential benefits are to you and your baby. So to start, I want to make a few points just so that we're clear and on the same page. And the first is that this episode is focused on what you can do during your pregnancy. We're talking about before you go into labor. When you're in labor, the position that you're in can have a big influence on your birth. If your baby is in a posterior position and their head is up against your spine and causing back labor, which can be very uncomfortable, there are positions that can help with that. I have an episode on labor positions. So if you want to know more about positions for labor, then I'm going to put a link to that episode in the show notes. The other thing that I want to kind of preface this with is that it's really important to distinguish between optimal fetal positioning and spinning babies. And we're going to talk in depth about both of these. Optimal fetal positioning is a term coined by Jean Sutton, who was a midwife, and Pauline Scott, who was a childbirth educator. And they use this to describe ways that a mother can assist her baby to assume the best position to have the simplest, safest birth. And they define the best position as vertex, left, occiput, anterior. If you recall this from last week, this means that your baby is head down and that the back of their head is against the left side of your belly. The idea of optimal fetal positioning is that by practicing certain movements and positions that you can encourage your baby to get into this position before birth. Spinning babies was created by midwife Gail Tully. And this is an approach that focuses on three principles, balance, gravity, and movement. And these are all used to improve your baby's position for an easier birth. Balance refers to body balancing. And it's defined on the Spinning Babies website as not too tight and not too loose and not too twisty. What it really is, is it's looking at the biomechanics of your pelvis and your soft tissues, and it's using stretches that you do yourself or someone trained in the Spinning Babies techniques assists with, and also massage, pressure, and different positions. Gravity focuses on being in upright positions during pregnancy and labor to encourage your baby to be head down. And movement is a specific way of jiggling and stretching muscles to relax the muscles that you can't relax by just intention. The spinning baby's approach is focused on your baby being vertex or head down as opposed to being breech or transverse. And they don't have the same focus on that one narrow left occiput anterior position that optimal fetal positioning has. And overall, spinning babies builds on some of the ideas from optimal fetal positioning, but it's much more comprehensive 
And hopefully you can see that these are two separate things. When I was preparing for this episode, I really searched for evidence on whether maternal positioning during pregnancy could affect your baby's position. And I was really disappointed to come up with way less in the form of studies than I anticipated. I found one study that investigated what we're talking about today, kind of. This involved 160 participants, and it was done in 2007 in Japan. And this study showed that two-thirds of babies were in a left occiput position at birth, and they looked at whether maternal positioning late in pregnancy had an influence on this. But their measure of maternal positioning was what side their mother slept on in the second half of their pregnancy. So that's all they were looking at as far as positions was just how they slept. And the result was that they didn't find a statistical relationship between maternal and fetal positioning. So this was not exactly the research I was looking for. I do want to note that the Spinning Babies website links to a lot of research, and all the studies they mention pertain to topics that we talked about last week when we were talking about your baby's position, and they talk about positions in labor. So I didn't find studies that specifically looked at whether practicing the spinning babies techniques during pregnancy are evidence-based to do what they're intended to do. While I was very disappointed to not find more research, we can break these concepts down and get a better idea of what the pros and cons are. So after listening to this episode, you should be able to decide whether these are things that you want to explore further. One limitation of optimal fetal positioning is that they really focus on one position, that left occiput anterior. In the episode last week, I had a really hard time finding evidence to show exactly why the left side is so preferred by doctors and midwives. Anterior, I get. You want the back of your baby's head against your belly and not your spine. That part makes sense. According to the creators of optimal fetal positioning, that right anterior position works almost as well, but the modified banana pear shape of the first-time mother's uterus means that that's an option only for second or later babies, and few of them choose it. Basically, they say that for first-time moms, their uterus is better shaped for a baby to be towards the left. According to spinning babies, the left side is preferred due to the natural shape called right obliquity of the uterus to be rounder on the left and steeper on the right. The effect is that babies from the left are more likely to be curled to aim the crown of their head into the pelvis. And the baby from the right might rotate to a posterior position in labor, so they might rotate clockwise all the way around. So you're going to have a point when their back of their head is against your spine, which can create back labor. And they say that's due to the steep side extending the back and pointing the top of the baby's head into the pelvis. I still find it strange that I couldn't find this in any medical literature. And it's still a bit of a mystery, but the left side is preferred. And more importantly, though, an anterior position. So you want the back of your baby's head against your belly, not your spine. And that's going to be true whether they're on the left or right side. 
For optimal fetal positioning, there's not evidence that I could find to support specifically a left occiput anterior position. A lot of the research that we talked about in last week's episode does support a vertex occiput anterior, but not specifically on the left side. For more on why you ideally want a baby head down or why it matters whether the head is flexed or other aspects of their position, then you can listen to that episode from last week, which went into a lot of details on that. Let's take a deeper look into the three principles of spinning babies. Remember that spinning babies builds on the ideas of optimal fetal positioning, and it's much more comprehensive. First, body balancing. We need to keep in mind how our bodies are affected by our lifestyle. And our daily activities today compared to 50 years ago or 100 or 500 years ago are so different. We're sitting for really long periods of time, especially if you have a desk job, we're less active, overall we're less healthy, and all of these things can lead to problems with your body. Things like back pain, stiff joints, pelvic pain. I think we can agree that in an ideal world, we sit a lot less and we're a lot more active. And I can see how these things could affect your body. Combine this with relaxed ligaments from the hormone relaxin, additional weight from being pregnant, and this can all lead to your body being out of balance. Compare someone who doesn't work out and sits at a desk all day, goes home, sits on the couch, watches TV, to someone who's active throughout the day, who has a regular practice of yoga and working out. Are these two people going to have the same pregnancy and birth experience? I don't want to draw conclusions that are not based on evidence, but I think we can agree that the better that you take care of your body, the better it's going to be for your pregnancy and birth. If you have tension in your muscles, an injury, inflammation, this can all put your body out of balance. In my last pregnancy, I had some issues with pain in my hip, and it was bad enough that I was really concerned about going into labor being in pain and concerned that I wouldn't be able to maintain some of the positions that I wanted to in labor. I was so fortunate that my midwife also happened to be a spinning babies instructor. We had a couple sessions of body balancing, and those really changed my life. This was primarily stretches and putting pressure to release muscle tension. Given this is anecdotal, and this is just my personal experience, but this made a major difference for me. I also had a massage from somebody who was trained in spinning babies, and that was amazing and really helped with some hip pain. Whether any of that had something to do with my baby being head down or in an anterior position in labor, I don't know. But I do know that it did relieve some pain that I was having, and I was so thankful to have access to professionals who were knowledgeable about this. The next principle of spinning babies is gravity. Laboring in upright positions when you're actually in labor is absolutely evidence-based for shorter labors. Again, I'm going to refer you to that episode on labor positions for more details on that, but that is supported by research. Spinning Babies also recommends good posture and specific positions during pregnancy. And it makes sense that having good posture can open up more room for your baby. 
if you're hunched over, everything that's in your torso, your lungs, your organs, your uterus, all of that's going to be compacted. Sitting or standing more upright is going to allow more room for your baby. That makes sense. Spinning babies also recommend some specific positions for sleeping, like on your side with a pillow between your knees and ankles, which can take some pressure off your hips. Assuming that these positions are comfortable for you, there's really not a downside to this. At a minimum, the upside is that you're going to be more comfortable and potentially helping your pelvis and all your soft tissues to create more room for your baby to get in the best position prior to you going into labor. Like I said, I didn't find evidence specifically to support this, but that doesn't mean that it won't be helpful. The third principle of spinning babies is movement. Similar to what I talked about for positions, there really isn't a downside to this. I think we can all agree that movement is not a bad thing, assuming that the motions you're doing are comfortable for you. Movement is going to benefit your flexibility and your range of motion, which are all good things during pregnancy and birth. Overall, the potential or proposed benefits of spinning babies are all wonderful. But what about the risks? And there's really two things that you need to watch out for. The first is that if you're in a position or a stretch that doesn't feel right, if it's putting you in pain, if it's really uncomfortable, don't do it. You wouldn't want to overextend anything, pull a muscle or injure yourself. You really want to listen to your body because it's going to tell you if something you're doing isn't right. The second thing that you need to be cautious about is actually mental. There's been some criticism for putting stress on mothers who practiced it and still had babies in a malposition. There are some obvious things like a misshaped uterus that could make it difficult or even impossible for your baby to get in an ideal position. But there are some babies that just don't want to get in that vertex anterior position. And if you spend your whole pregnancy practicing all of these positions and exercises, seeing professionals and chiropractors, and then you get to term and your baby is breech, you might feel as though you failed. And there have been parents in this position who think that they should have done more or they didn't do the right things. And I don't want you to feel that way. So just keep that in mind. Those are the two risks that you should be aware of if you're thinking of practicing spinning babies. Don't injure yourself and don't beat yourself up if your baby's in a less than ideal position. And last week, we talked about how your baby moves during labor. So I also don't want you to feel like if your baby is not in that left occiput anterior position, when you go into labor, that you're doomed to have a long and painful labor. That's just not true. Even a baby that's going into labor in a posterior position is still going to be rotating while you are in labor before they're actually born. I hope that this episode gives you a little bit of a better idea on what optimal fetal positioning and spinning babies are. And I don't want to just regurgitate all of the information on the Spinning Babies website. Their website has a ton of information, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. 
And there's a lot of things that you can do at home. There's articles and videos that you can check out. You can also seek out a midwife or somebody in your area that's trained in spinning babies techniques because actually doing a session with a professional can be helpful in maybe resolving some acute issues and also showing you what you can be doing at home. If you would like me to get a professional on the podcast to talk about spinning babies, let me know, and I'll bring on a guest who's an expert in it. To recap today's episode, we talked about optimal fetal positioning and spinning babies, gave you a basic idea of what those concepts are, and talked about the evidence or lack of evidence that there is to support those ideas. But even without solid research, there's still a lot of information that we can get finding pros and cons to hopefully give you a better idea if these are topics that you want to explore further. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 156. Thank you to Aeroflow for their support of this episode. Aeroflow is a company that helps you get a breast pump through your health insurance. There's some hoops to jump through and they take care of all of this for you. All you need to do is fill out a form that just takes a minute or two, and then they'll contact your insurance company, work out all those details, and then you just get to go online and pick the right breast pump for you. To get started on ordering that, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breast pump. Thank you to Mommy Steps for their support. Mommy Steps makes insoles specifically for pregnancy. They have insoles for athletic shoes and boots or flats, and you can even put these in your oven and mold them to your own feet. This is going to make them way more comfortable. And the number one reason that I like these insoles is that they're going to help prevent foot issues during pregnancy. Go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash feet and enter the promo code feet at checkout to save 20%. And thank you to Zoller for their support. Zoller makes my favorite prenatal vitamin, and it's my favorite because they use very high quality ingredients, like the active form of folate, really bioavailable iron, plus it has omega-3s like DHA. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% off on Amazon, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamins.